I love it. All right. You know what I was listening to right before uh, before recording this right now? I was listening to our last episode. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. The, uh, Stranger, one, Stranger Things, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet. You were there. Yeah, I mean, I was there. Yeah, no, I was... I was like so, I was so happy because that was a, you know, when I when I hit hit it on the first time, you were like going, yeah, we're gonna call you the one one try kid. I'm going, now now, I got the pressure and everything. So <coughs> prepare for five takes. <laughs> prepare ship, <clears throat> prepare ship for uh, five takes. Nerd Podcast, everybody. It's Ming Chen approved. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 48 of Keeping It Nerd. My name is Vince, your host, and I have Jeremiah with me, who is my Launchpad McQuack to my Darkwing Duck. Is that a compliment? I don't know what that is. I, yeah, of course. It's always a compliment. Launchpad sounds like a uh, derogatory name that some kid would have in high school. Get over here, Launchpad. What do you think you're doing, Launchpad? <laughs> your mom is a Launchpad. What would you say? What'd you say about my mom? <laughs> Did you ever talk about my mom? She is not an LP. You take that back. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, LP could be something else. LP could be, I mean, all of it could be bad. But you know what? I'm going to take it. The first word is loose. Mm. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. Well, don't worry. Vince is coming in hot. We, the last few episodes, we've actually loose kind of pad. toned down. There you go. Loose person? No, that sounds, no, the pad was. All of it's better. No, no? it's bad. Enough. Okay, yeah. Um, well, the last few episodes, you've been kind of like toning down some of our uh, attitude. So we're no longer the attitude era. We're now like getting into like the John Cena era. We're going to be kind of a bit more aggression. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so this episode, we're actually going to be talking about Silicon Valley Comic Con 2019. <sighs> yeah. The biggest Comic Con of the circuit no? no in our hearts in our hearts the bay area yes, yes. In, in the bay area for the hometown fans exactly you know it's like you know you're gonna the biggest comic-con for presence 
for keeping it nerd. Yes. Yes. The launching point for old launchpad here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the stratosphere. Oh my God. It was so 2019. This is the fifth, I think, uh, fifth year. Well, actually, no, this is started in 2016. So this is like the th- one, two, three, four. We're not Sorry. good at math. I'm not good at math. We, 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 I think we established that in our uh, San Diego Comic Con uh, um, episode where we were kind of wondering, like, how long have we been coming to Comic Con? Oh, like bubbling fools. 2011 and it's 2019, oh, 7, 8, I don't know. So, yeah, wait, what's the order of operation? <laughs> it's like one of those things on Facebook where they tell you to put the correct answer. And My dear Aunt Sally, right? To the, yeah, yes, everybody fighting to the death, basically. Oh yeah, those are those are always the best. The answer is 17, and any other answer, you should kill yourself. Oh. <laughs> Pretty sure it's 21. And then all of a sudden you have someone come out of the left field and go, zero. What? Yes. Like, wow. We need help. I was like, I, I hope you are, hope that's a joke. I really hope if not, I'll weep for the future and whatever profession you're going to be going into. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so yes, it was Silicon Valley Comic Con. And this year, actually, they, they actually moved it. So it was in August, uh, August 16th through the 18th. When was it usually? They usually had it around March, uh, oh, March, April. It went from a spring event to uh, a fall, late, late, late summer, summer, fall. Yeah. Uh, that was in a, in a way it was a good thing for them. I mean, I, I still, I still think they have like some kinks to work out, uh, with this, with the show, with this, uh, convention. Cause they used to have to battle against WonderCon, which is under the umbrella of, you know, the big old daddy of uh, comic cons. Yeah. Um, and then Diego's little brother. Yeah. Right. And then who, what would, what? So, so if WonderCon is San Diego's little brother, what is, what is Silicon Valley comic con? Oh, um, I don't know. Sort of like a, a, a scrappy little cousin or something. <laughs> is he like, uh, Oliver, remember Oliver from uh, Brady Bunch? Oh, no, Cousin Oliver? Come on. No, 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 no. He's no uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con's no Oliver. More <laughs> like a uh, like a uh, a Budnick or something Ooh. from Slitters. I like how you said that. He was actually at I this. I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> but he made an appearance. I love it. I was. I just want to shout out Donkey Lips. Yeah. Where are you? <laughs> um, yeah. So they always have to go against WonderCon and then C two E two. Okay. Which is, an, uh, I think it's in Chicago. It's like another uh, comic expo right. type deal. So I was always, you know, always competing with them. Uh, and this year, uh, they had Arnold Schwarzenegger as their big draw. Hello, how are you? And he's here with us now. Oh, that's what he said, though, when I met him. Oh. <laughs> when that's... I met him in years, years gone by, that's what he said to me. Always, always my, one of my favorite stories. Yeah, I love, love it. it. So we didn't get a chance to meet him this time. No, no. Well, did you want to pay $450 for him? I did not have that interest, no. No, it's <laughs> it's hard. A little steep. It, it's a little steep? Oh, my God. No, that was ever steep. Like, I don't want to... $450? Yeah. I would have paid every penny of that to meet Eddie Furlong, but he was passed out at the time we were supposed to meet, so... Oh, we'll go into the Mr. Furlong and his... Uh, his his convention. Hey, 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 no shade. No shade at all. Um, so yeah, they had they had you know quite a few people out there this year. Eddie Furlong, one of them. Jason Momoa, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who you know what? My biggest <laughs> regret. <laughs> yeah. I should have brought the fantasy football belt uh, and took yeah. a picture with it with him, or maybe have him sign it. So then whoever gets it next year, not Mike. Um, well, uh, oh, hell yeah. Something like that. or should we write a big old DTA across it? Mm. What? 
that'd be nice. Or yeah, what? Uh, or it's just a missed opportunity. Start, yeah, I just wanted to start uh, kicking people in the stomach and just dropping stunners on everybody. You remember that one? Uh, that one SmackDown when he just stunned everyone who came down that ramp. Oh, one of the greatest highlights ever. It makes its way around Facebook every so often. Oh yeah, I think you know, usually on the anniversary of that day, yeah. the day Stone Cold yeah. basically yes. drop kicked everyone. You know, stunned everyone stunner, in the SmackDown. Stunner, 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 broken tailbone after that probably. Oh yeah. Oh, and Jr. lost his voice to that because <laughs> he was just, oh my god, another stunner delivered by Stone Cold. <laughs> and how much beer he drank? Oh my god. That guy. He can put it away. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't drink all of it so much as pour it down his gullet. gullet. Yeah, he was <laughs> smashing cans and dropping them down little bum But he was talking about that on the hot ones. Yes. And you he heard, yeah. he's like, even though a lot of it, he didn't drink a lot of it, yeah. you're all hopped up on like adrenaline and you hadn't, you hadn't eaten. So like even a couple of those Bud Lights or whatever they were drinking, they still gave, he said, I was walking away off that ramp with a little bit of a buzz every time. Oh, you don't know what kind of beer? He's drinking Steve Weiser's. Oh, that? Steve Weiser, that's right. Give me a Steve Weiser. He actually has his own uh, his own beer now, right? And yeah, it's an broken, IPA. Broken, broken Skull IPA. Yeah. That's called. Yeah, that's what he was there promoting, I think. Oh, was he? Oh, I wish. I, I that's another thing I wish I was able to, like, you know, cheers him. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but, you know. The best thing is the cheers. You think you're buddies with him. You go to drink it, and then he oh. kicks you in the stomach and drops the stunner. You know, it would have been perfect, right? Vince. He would, I guess he would think of me oh as Vince God. McMahon, right? So oh, and then he would have just gave me the double double, double bird. And then and he like, took a picture of you on the ground pissing yourself and crying, and he's holding the gun to your head with the bang rolled out of the thing. Oh, I so saw good. something on Instagram. Someone dressed up. In a night in a hospital nightgown, and they had him sign the bedpan. Bedpan. <laughs> that, I was like, that was genius. I'm pretty sure Stone Cold got a kick out of that. Oh god, that's so good. right. You see someone like us. Oh, like not a usual. Like, oh, you're coming with a belt. Oh, you're wearing a Stone Cold shirt. Like, I know hey, you, son. What do you got there? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Will you look at this, son, bitch? Um, yeah. So that was the talent that they had there, amongst others. Yeah, Power Rangers. One person I was actually. Mm-hmm happy to uh see that got added uh was jim cummings are you familiar who that is jim cummings jim cummings you're gonna have to fill me in i called you Launchpad because <laughs> jim cummings is the voice of darkwing duck i know this i know this. you were very excited about oh this. very excited yeah. i am a big dick a big uh, duck duck a file is that how you how, what would you say oh should i not even use the word file uh, i'm a big fan of the du- disney ducks so DuckTales, Disney. Disney Ducks. <laughs> Disney Duck fan. There you go, Disney Duck fan. That, that could be your new Instagram handle. Mm, maybe. Just follow, everyone follow Disney Duck fan, everyone. Yeah. I, I, mm, I don't know. No. People may change the word duck. I don't like yep. it. Yep. I had lots of things going through my head, but I didn't do it. I you, refrained. You, you, you were, you're you about to rally off of, you know, quite a few words, weren't you? You guys can imagine. Mm, use your imagination. We're trying to be, you know, more like I said, John Cena era. So we're not going <laughs> to. It's true. We're not going to say the things, some of the things Yeah. we do, you know, we'll get. I am, I am shirtless with a visor and jorts on right now. <laughs> you going to do the F5? Yes. The five knuckle shuffle. Oh, God. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little rap? Oh, no. See, I wish I, I wish I could. You don't have like the lyrical. I don't uh, have the skills that, that John Cena did. Mm, He's one of the greatest. I don't think he has it, the skills. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I whisper that like once again, like like John Cena's gonna be listening to our podcast. He might be <gasps> the way we were talking about him before in, in the Fast and Furious franchise. That's true. Speaking yeah. of small sidebar, I finally watched uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Where was my invite? So that was that was the you know get back that I didn't invite I you to Fire From Home. Feels. 
Son of a bitch. <laughs> fucking hurts. It fucking hurts, man. I watched it on a matinee. Uh, there was only three of us in the theater. I enjoyed it immensely. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't so you? good. It's exactly <laughs> what you think it would be. No, non-stop action. I'll watch it with you again. That's fine. <laughs> In a classic Vince fashion. Well, then my, raise, my voice raises because then you have a mob of people yeah. asking, like, where's their invite? So, Oh, there's waves of people attacking me right now. <laughs> They're treating me up an effigy yeah. right now. Oh, my God. They're calling for my head. Yeah. They're treating me like Fidel over here. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely watchable. Exactly what you think it would be. Oh, nonstop action, adrenaline, muscles, <laughs> lots, of muscles. lots of baby oil. Yeah, uh, lots of completely improbable, no, nay, impossible action. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah so back to uh, I got to see yes. Jim Cummings which is great he was also the voice of Winnie the Pooh or recently oh bother so, and then and Tigger there, let's see I don't know what he says what does Tigger say it's something like that you know follow the bouncing terror you know he does a little he has his whole song I don't know how it goes but um, yeah so it was nice to see him and the cool part about it was he did the voice oh okay his, and his line wasn't too long which psh, Fools! You don't even know what you have in front of you. My uncle was saying that. Like my uncle came. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met Uncle Brian. Brian yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. He's there to support us. And he, when you guys were getting food, he was like, I was talking about the different, you know, <clears throat> people in celebrity. <laughs> celebrity row. Can you feel my quotes um, <laughs> through the microphone? Uh, no, no, no. But you know, the, the guests who were there to sign, and and I was like, oh god, look at this guy. No nobody in that line and he's like oh man how much how expensive is it like he feels bad he's compassionate like maybe he should go and he's like ah, it's so sad this guy was in one episode of star trek and now he's trying to make a living off of this and there's nobody there to see him it's yeah it's no. he got depressed looking at it it is yeah it is it does get a little depressing when you see <sighs> let's just let's, you know let's just jump right into it because you had edward for long you had, you had Nick, the, the t2 sort of reunion. t1000 yeah uh, robert patrick robert patrick um the woman who played uh the cyborg or whoever the the villain in T three. Oh, see, I didn't even put that. Yes, he. Um, and then you had you had obscureish kind of characters. You had Michael Bean from Terminator One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is nice because he was also in Aliens. Um, but but Nick, that was the weirdest one. I have to say, like, what? Did, why? Where was the where was the want for that? I understood when you get the Power Rangers. Right, because even though they're so long, you have a pretty good following still. Because they even have their own uh, convention. I think they call it uh, not PowerCon, something Con. I mean, right, that's what it should be. But yeah, right. Um, yeah, they they have a you know they have a good following. The, the lines are still long, but I mean at least they still have like still relevant ish. Well, I don't know what the hell Budnick's doing nowadays. Oh, you don't. Well, is that really relevant to anybody who's there? Like what they're doing these days? You saw what he's doing these days. That's it. Pack in them cons, baby. Get in what you can. Remember me? Secure the bag. Yeah, Eddie Furlong's friend in T2. Remember me? Oh, God. The reddest mullet in the game. <laughs> he had such he had such a dick face, right? Oh, yeah, of course. I always, I always felt like, wow, he's such a conniver. Like on, uh, what do you call it? Hey, dude. I was, oh, not hey, dude. Uh, salute your shorts. I was like going, why do you just like giving the counselor the hell? I forgot his, his name. Bones. Oh yeah, I mean he couldn't even get the damn song right. He'd always, you know, always interrupt it by making a stupid joke about flatulence. But Nick, <laughs> get it right or pay the price. I'd rather have seen Donkey Lips there. <laughs> I, sure, sign me up. Donkey Lips Could is not the same me? actor from yeah. Beer Fest, right? Oh, that I don't know. Uh... He always looks like he is. 
Uh, I guess we'll have to look it up. I have no idea. Hmm. Now I feel like I'm I'm letting our fans down. I feel like there's people <laughs> shouting at their microphones. You stupid idiots! Yeah, they're pulling over their cars. You idiot, moron! You know nothing. Huh? Get off the air. Okay. <laughs> done and done. Um. <laughs> so yeah, we so we saw some celebs. So we saw some celebs. Momoa um, had the biggest reception. He did. And yeah. why not? The guy's Aquaman. That's, we weren't there when Schwarzenegger was there, but of of everybody we saw. Yeah, and he was charging four, uh, like uh, one seventy five, which not too bad, you know. I, can, I I know some people Drago. some some ladies who were who thought it was worth every bit of one seventy five. But the only problem is, like, all of his pictures, he never took his glasses, off, sunglasses he looked, off. He looked like it was a weekend at Bernie scenario, like oh god, <laughs> arm half around these guys with the sunglasses down and just like mm, chilling. <laughs> hey, dude. Yes. <sighs> Come over here. I'm Jason Momoa. Yeah, he he looked like he had about uh seven Red Bull and vodkas and was just like <laughs> having a good time oh. in the corner. Oh, I'm sure. On. I'm sure. You know who had a good time though? Who's that? Edward Furlong. You know, what's he been doing? So Since our friend, uh, friend of the program, he's been a guest on this show a couple of times, Ray Hom. Yes. Uh, him and his friend, they, uh, they had, uh, his friend actually has a laser disc dating, dating everyone right here in the room. How long has this, has this person been saving the laser disc for this moment? Oh, Forever. I think it was still sealed in plastic, and I think he broke the seal. That's amazing. Right? That's 27 years-ish. The fact that, you know, or maybe he just bought it for the, yeah. you know, thing. But either or, yeah. So he had Edward Furlong and Robert Patrick sign wow. uh, his, you know. Dynamic duo. Of course. Not for 50 for Arnold. You think that's who you'd want, like, going, all right, here you go, about to lay out some ducats for uh, a yeah. good old uh, governor over here. But no, so Edward Furlong. So the woman, there was a woman in front of Ray's friend. Yes. And she goes, oh my God, Eddie. <laughs> oh my God, Eddie. Like, uh, what have you been doing lately? Or what do you do ever since uh, T2? And per Ray's words, he's just going, gay porn. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. I guess I can't, uh, you know, <laughs> say, you know. You know, I checked out his IMDb. I wasn't able to see any of the titles that, that I was thinking. Maybe. maybe these are amateur. <laughs> it's just, you know what? I didn't really take that into account. You know, I take him at his word. <laughs> and then, and then the woman was not unfazed by or passion project, probably phased. Like, going, oh, uh, let me just ask you another question while you're still signing off. Whatever. He's like, oh, so what other projects or you know do you have in your pipeline? And he says, drugs and alcohol. Wow. Oh boy. Now let me ask you a question. Are you surprised? He, he had the face of a kid that a kid a child actor that was gonna be living oh, too fast Eddie for his long. Yeah, because he was like the guy for yeah, like of six course. months, right? Yeah. Like Eddie Furlong was like the the next young. The only other movie I could think of him in, in was is uh the one with the kiss, uh, the the band kiss, oh God, Detroit Rock City. Oh, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. And I thought like, oh, okay, he's still kind of revelant, you know. I guess maybe I don't know, but he still was able to pull off and get a role. And after that, it was just like Ghost Town. Yeah, yeah. And we got once again uh, from Ray because he went to the panel of uh, the T2, which oh, or yes. Terminator panel. Right. Which do you think Arnold would have went to that? I mean, I would imagine. No. Oh wow! He didn't I don't? This he is where I be bothered, huh? No, you're only there for one day. Come on, guy! Like, give give the fans something. This is where yeah. I feel like this year's Silicon Valley Comic Con, like the talent level, especially if your main draw is going to be Arnold. Like, he wasn't 
he wasn't there. Like he was just there. Like I said, give me the money. Yeah. Mm. Come here. Come here. Come here. I'm right here. Come at me. Oh, okay. Have to get to the chopper. Uh, no, it's a, it's a very nice airplane. It's a private <laughs> airplane. It'll wait for you. You don't have to get to it. I mean, he didn't even show up for that, but Edward Furlong was there. And then he, during the whole time, Ray was saying, I think he's vaping on the stage. And he sent me a screenshot. Like, yeah, yeah, he was vaping on the stage. And then Edward Furlong further went and said, you know, I was supposed to be in other uh, in the other Terminator movies. But yeah, I fucked that up. <laughs> There's quote, our first Earth bomb. But quote, everyone, quote, unquote. But that's, that's Edward Furlong's saying that, not me. I'm just repeating what he had said. <laughs> Am I now, can you say, am I surprised? No. no. It, it, this guy the, had us, no. it was spiraling. Yeah, totally. So, And that's one of the saddest things. You know, the... Uh, not only was the star power uh, lacking a mm-hmm. little bit here in in terms of you know Hollywood presence, especially in compared to to San Diego Comic mm-hmm. Con in comparison, uh, but some of the ones that were there, yeah, a little worse for wear. Well, okay, you know? so so this year the big draws were Momoa, Steve yeah. Austin, right, and uh, I'm sorry, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, jeez, of course. By respect him, goddammit. it, six Vince. million dollar man. Yes, um, and then. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? right. The, even on the Friday, uh, I think the Saturday we were there, I was getting an email saying, hey, if you buy a, a Schwarzenegger autograph, you get a free admission. Oh, wow, Whereas thank you for- They were very clear that you- Had to pay admission. Yeah. For, Buying a ticket does not guarantee you admission. You have to buy, and then they sort of backpedaled that one pretty quick. Yeah, uh, it was, I don't know. Well, sorry, so last year, the, what they had was they had David Tennant, who is the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Yes. He's a doc, one of the doctors right. from Doctor Who. Yeah. Kristen Ritter. Uh, she was the Jessica Jones. Yeah. Uh, David Tennant's and Jessica Jones as well. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, Christina Ricci. Okay. All right. So you have Wednesday Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mads uh, Mickelson. Yep. Great. Galen Urso. Yep. Right. Ian McDermott. Wow. Yeah, right. right. Okay. And then uh, who else? Daniel Logan, you know, is uh, Boba Fett, the, the, the kid. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. so you kind of like, you're, you're kind of like teetering off now. We had Ray Park. Okay. Uh, Chris Kattan <laughs> Chris Kattan <laughs> Kevin Eubanks yeah all right so oh and no, I'm sorry and the big one with last year was uh, Stan Lee right right and so that's, maybe the top end like the, your top two or three maybe not quite as high powered maybe as this year however much deeper roster top to bottom yeah right and then the following year before that you had William Shatner Grant Gustin from uh, uh, The Flash okay Stephen Yuen from mm-hmm. uh, Breaking not Breaking Bad uh, Walking Dead yes. and you know let's see John Cusack oh wow right, right okay yeah. See, oh and you had uh, Buzz Aldrin yeah Adam West wow I regret that one yeah that didn't, I didn't see him our friend Ming Chen was there yep I met him Robert England Freddie yeah see you had some good Pam, Pam Greer so, so it seems like the last few years they went really heavy on um, like cult heroes, people that are had would have real meaning to the sort of nerd oh, sector. Here you go. And the last one, right? The the first year they did it, they had uh, Nathan Fillion, mm-hmm. Ray Park once again, William right. Shatner, yep. Jeremy Renner, oh, yeah. Stan Lee, wow. Alan Tiddick, yep. Christopher Lloyd, oh, wow. Michael J. Fox, Leah Thompson. Boom. Yeah. That's that my drop right there. Yeah. And at that time, I was like hesitant to like, like oh, it was, I think for all three of them, it was like $400 right. or something like that to, to either autographs or whatever. I'm going, oh, I don't know if I want to pay that. Gladly I would have paid that now because that's three people compared to 450 for the governor. It, it feels like, 
like Waz decided to uh, blow his uh, his load there on the on the Momoa and his wo- and his Wazwad. Yes, he blew his Wazwad all over Arnie and uh, sacrificed the. Uh, well, supposed to be David Harbor in the, in the initially too, and he had he had to drop out. Yeah, he bowed out. Well, he's probably you know black black widow movie. Mm. Uh, yeah. Right, so you got a new project. He says, "Sorry, guys, can't do this." Yeah, these guys are paying me some primo bucks. Yeah, can't leave absolutely. them. Absolutely. So yeah, that's there's been a decline in the, you know, guests. But the one thing that they did this year, one of the guests that they had there was just super out of the park. Who's that? The guys from Keeping It Nerd. What up? <gasps> whoop, whoop. So this year. The last few couple of years, we've been kind of inching our way into the into the convention, yeah. which was, well, I think our first year, Arena and I interviewed a bunch of cosplayers outside the convention. We went, we attended, but our presence was just basically kind of like guerrilla style street interviews. Right. Uh, uh, last year, uh, Anthony and I were at uh, Cafe Frascati, which That's was like right. a week, uh, no, a week, uh, a block down mm-hmm. from the convention. We had a nice little panel there. We had a cosplayer, Spidey Fit. We had Glenn Canlis, uh, uh, an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Ray Hall was on there. So it was, we were getting, you know, like starting to grow the brand. Sure. Right? And then this year, your boy came through, <laughs> got us press passes, yo. How'd you feel about that? Well, I loved the press passes. The press passes. Did you feel like Wayne's World and? Uh, yeah, certainly, certainly did. Yep, you know, backstage. Huh? Yeah. What? Because uh, not only did it get us admission, but uh, kept us from waiting in those lines. Oh yes, man, the lines were no joke. That's almost that's one of the other sort of big differences I saw. Of course, in scale, significantly smaller than San Diego, but everybody I think knows what they're getting into there. Mm-hmm. However, staffed inadequately even for the number of people they had so i mean the the lines were exorbitant we had some people that were there to see us and for one of the events we'll talk about here momentarily and they weren't able to get in in time because they were waiting outside in really long lines and uh that was really unfortunate that's a that was sort of tough to watch like really there's like this is a much smaller con and people are waiting 15 20 minutes to go through bag check like what they, they can't they're not streamlining it correctly like no. if anything like this is steve wozniak i'm gonna tag you in this uh this episode like we should probably talk to some you know convention goers and see other conventions that they go to and how they can compare and you know maybe how you can logistically make this convention a little bit more friendlier because they had changed some other other things i know some vendors were kind of unhappy with uh the setting up and the breaking down of their booths because it just wasn't like well organized. Right. It seemed like there wasn't uh, like the uh, communication was not consistent. That that happened to us a little bit with our passes. There was some confusion and one like one person doesn't know what the other person's doing and yeah. it was just yeah, it was just overall top to Then that woman like, obviously saw our presence and it was oh my god, I didn't realize you guys are from keeping a nerd threw ourselves at her feet and just said, guys, apologize. I I apologize to you to you guys. Please uh don't take my hands. I have a, I have, I have children at home to feed. Don't take this from me. My life belongs to you now. And I, you know, graciously, you said, we told them, please rise up. <laughs> Just don't let this happen again. We're walking, we're walking, we're going to walk through this. Kicked her in the stomach and dropped a stunner on her. <gasps> One time, just so she remembers. Bird. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, don't you ever make that mistake again. Uh, so That's the bottom line. Because Jeremiah says so. So yeah, they had our presence there, yep. which was awesome. We like to thank the people at Westwood One, um, 
Subnation, mm-hmm. people at uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con for let, putting this thing on. It was the podcast podcast Palooza. Podcast Palooza. Yes. So Your boys were hitting lead off that day. Oh yeah, and I for hitting lead off. I feel like we were like the surprisingly like home run of, of a lead off <laughs> hitter. Felt like it. So w- let's t- let's tell them a little bit about the event. Podcast Palooza was like a, a showcase, I guess. A showcase say. of the. I want to say it's local podcast. So anyone who had a podcast that was going to be visiting the yes. the convention, they had their opportunity to, you know, let their show shine. Yeah, 45 minutes to uh, wow the, the live crowd. Yeah, yeah. And though the crowd wasn't as big, <laughs> there, there were some, you know, miscommunications here and there. Sure. Um, we unfortunately uh, do not have a recording of that, of our, of our show. No. We're going to call that the last episode, but yeah. we're going to, we're going to, you know unearth this episode in a future. We'll do it again episode. for you guys when we have a little bit more um, uh, latitude with, uh, with in terms of language and content and whatnot. Um, yeah. But, uh, but this was more so just for the, uh, the ambiance of the, uh, of the, the con goers. Um, unfortunately, this is again, one of those scenarios of where people, everyone was, we could see the people waiting in line outside. While oh, we they were, were clamoring. While we were broadcasting. They saw, they saw, they were salivating, they were banging the, they were banging the windows like, like the zombies that goes, we want in, yeah. keep me in there, it's in there. Yeah, we know, we know, come yeah. on. But we did play very well to the, you know, hundred or so people that were, that were in the room that were manning booths or, you know, just sort of passing through as the VIP people were coming in. I think it was a really good experience. The setup was top notch. Yeah, no, I, I felt like I was at a press conference after yeah. a NBA game on next question. Next question. Practice. We talk about practice. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So that 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 felt great. That whole experience was awesome. We talked about you know video game movies that didn't translate so well and why possibly yeah. they're not. Uh, so look out for that in the future. We'll, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vince did an impression of uh, Van Damme and Street Fighter that went very I, well. I think I knocked it out. You of the nailed park, it. Right? To be honest. Yep. Come on. Absolutely. I mean, I had to once again. We G rate it down. We had to. We. <laughs> I really wish I could, uh, well, you know, in the future episode, I will, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, revisit we'll that. Do it. We'll oh, do yeah. it. yeah. For that Van Damme. Yeah. Um, so we hit the stage. Hit the we, stage. We, we give uh, S- Silicon Valley Comic Con their- uh, A little bit of taste. A little uh, kickoff the way that uh, Keeping It Nerd does. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then we had uh, then we had some time to explore, huh? Yeah, we had some time to explore. and. During the exploration, well, we had a little bit of time because, once again, being press, <laughs> yeah. come on. What what did that? What came along with that was like the fact that going, hey, um, we got a couple of people here. We want what you we would like for you to interview. Excuse me, what was it? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, clearly we're the people for the job. Yeah, of course. Right. Uh, we're, we're we're equipped for it. These nerds are at your service. Please uh, show us to <laughs> who will be. Uh, you know interviewing which was which is was, which was a pretty cool thing it was yeah, uh we got to interview the founders of legion m yeah were you familiar with legion m before we sort of were and you know had this uh, brought to us very very light lightweight in when, the in the manner of like i heard of them when we were at san yes, diego comic-con i heard about them and i knew that they were sort of uh tangentially associated with Kevin Smith in some way. And when we were at Comic-Con, I actually, we walked by a theater a couple times where they were sort of setting up shop for the duration of the com. And, and it said that they had some sort of like a lounge VIP experience yeah. type of thing. And, and we actually got tickets for it, but never made our way back over there. So I was like, man, I feel like I could be more prepared for this interview if I poked my 
my head in there. <laughs> I felt like that. But you know what? The, the, the gentleman that we got to interview, uh, Jeff Anderson and Paul Scanlon, mm-hmm. the co-founders, yes. which, was, 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 which was also pretty cool because we weren't just talking to like a PR rep about their, about the, uh, the, their company. We actually talked to the founders, the people that are rooted foundation Absolutely. who brought this thing from the ground. And you could tell that they were so passionate about 100%. You know, their, their projects and everything. And you know what? Why, why am I talking about this? We're going to go ahead and yeah, uh, let's we'll talk about it. Let's just uh, we'll play it for them. Yeah, let's we'll play it for them right now. All right, everyone. Uh, this is Vince and Jeremiah here on Silicon Valley Comic Con 2019 floor. And we're here at the Legion M uh, booth, the presence that they have here at the convention this year. Much more than a booth. It's like the whole bottom floor. It's crazy. Right, yeah. I know. It's a Con- lobby. Yeah. <laughs> a lobby. You hear that? That's that's a presence right there. Yeah. Talk about making your name known like, boom, lobby presence, yeah. everyone. Not a booth. Not a, not not like a little uh, cart. No, no, no. Not nope, pushing. Not a table. Not a table. Really, for us, it's just where they let us park our car. So uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you have the best looking car in the booth. You got the, the Deloreans hidden in the corner over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I challenged true. those guys yeah, to a race yeah. earlier. Right. <laughs> it is kind of interesting that they're over there and we're like right here. But, you know. And the voices you're actually hearing, everyone, is actually the founders of Legion M. We got uh, Paul, Scanlon. Paul Scanlon, and then Jeff Anderson. Yep. And you guys. For people that are not familiar with Legion M, uh, how, how would you guys, how would you best describe the company, the organization? Sure, I can. Well, I can. I can tell you. I mean, we're the world's first fan-owned entertainment company. I mean, we're literally owned by entertainment fans. And our our philosophy is that an entertainment company or a movie studio or a TV studio should be owned by fans. And today, most of our major studios are all owned by Wall Street or corporate conglomerates and you know we think there's an, a better way and a better way so we're uniting fans to co-own the company with us as we go out and we produce movies and tv series with fans as our community that co-owns the company with us yeah no that's wrong <laughs> no i would think he's totally got that wrong that's not a good answer well he told us ahead of time that you didn't have anything to say so. <laughs> yeah we don't need to i'm silent it. jeff yeah. <laughs> oh, oh got it got yeah. it got it um so jeremy would you had a question with uh about the pricing in- well yeah so we looked into this a little bit and being a, a- crowdsourced company like this, people have the opportunity to invest in in different tiers. Can you walk us through a little bit about what an investment from somebody who's here today, who's impressed by your presence, would would sort of get for their investment? Yeah, sure. I'll take that one. So, so, uh, uh, yeah, so we're using equity crowdfunding, which is everybody's familiar with Kickstarter and regular crowdfunding, but this is one level higher, right? When you back a Kickstarter project, you're effectively donating in exchange for a reward and a pre-sale. With Legion M, you're literally investing to own shares in the company. So yeah. you're at, you're kind of like a venture capitalist. It's like yeah. if you could go back in time and invest in Disney, buy stock in Disney when it was just getting off the ground. And so it's um, uh, it's the minimum investment is $100. Uh, everything that we do is regulated by the SEC. So there's, you know, if you're interested in learning more, first of all, you can join Legion M for free. There's absolutely zero cost or obligation. There's a ton of member benefits. You get to join the community and be a part of our decision-making process and be a part of helping us shape Hollywood. And if you're interested, you can check out, there's literally hundreds of pages of audited financial <laughs> yeah. statements yeah. and business plans. More and than you would ever want. You can want. look up anything that you want to about the company. And if people want to invest, it's a minimum $100 investments. 
Um, and we tell people right up front, it's a high risk investment. We're a startup company and most startup companies fail. And so the most likely statistical outcome is that you're going to lose your investment. You, you should never invest more than you're comfortable. But the companies that succeed, the startups that succeed, go on and change the world. And if you had been, you know, smart or crazy or lucky enough to invest in Facebook when it was being run by a college dropout of a, out of a flop house in Palo Alto, you know, you'd probably be a, a millionaire right now. And so it's it's one of those things. It's nothing ventured, nothing gained. Absolutely. So the the tier that I was most interested in was the Scout tier because it seemed like that's sort of where you have the biggest voice. Like, what does that what does that tier look like for somebody? Well, so we, we don't necessarily have tiers between like, we don't establish a, a certain uh, level based on how much you invest. So we do have our Film Scout platform, but that's open to everyone. So everyone has a voice in the community, including our members. Um, if you decide to invest, what you're getting, the amount of money that you invest is really should be relative to you know, what you can afford. And as Jeff mentioned, like, you know, what you're willing to put at risk. Um, but that that actually gets you ownership. And we try to, one of the things we try to do is make the voting and the, the voice part of it just equal and balanced. Because otherwise, you know, we wouldn't want someone who could afford to invest more money to have a louder voice in the community. But, but think one the thing size do, of your heart is more yeah. important than the size of your wallet. Exactly. Oh, that's very nice. That, but, that's but one thing that we are doing with Film Scout, so Film Scout in particular is a really important part of Legion M because for us, uniting a community of fans together isn't just about raising money. It's about making smarter decisions. And if you take the collective input from a community of people all you know, thinking about and providing their insights and their data, we feel like we can make smarter and better decisions. But we're also gamifying it. So the people that are part of the Film Scout program, they do get a ranking. So ultimately, based on their ability to predict what the overall outcome will be, they do end up on a leaderboard with a ranking. And if they did well, then they get certain rewards and perks. And our elite scouts might also have access to watch screeners and to help, you know, get access to some of the things that we can't make available to everybody. But so at the end of the day, what Film Scout does is it allows us to go to Sundance and buy a film like Memory. Uh, and we didn't go to Sundance and buy that film because Jeff and I thought it was a good movie. I mean, we, Although you do. We do we think did, it's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> But, but honestly, if, if we had tried to predict going into Sundance, I don't think that's the movie we would have predicted would have won. So it was really important and insightful data for us to get there and see that memory is on the watch list. People want us to go check that movie out. Um, so what, the way Film Scout works is we had, you know, anyone can participate or vote on, on the, oh my God. We, we have some, we, we have, have some a xenomorph over here. here. Wowee. <laughs> That's Matt. He's uh, the xeno, xenomorph today. Oh my God. Here he comes. <laughs> can we get a comment? Yeah. Can we get a comment from, from the alien? The alien? Yeah. <laughs> what does the alien want to say on, uh, 
on a podcast. On a podcast. I appreciate everything these guys have done. <laughs> uh, keeping the uh, Alien franchise alive. And look forward to seeing everybody at the premiere. So much more articulate right. than I would have imagined. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. I'm you from... want to finish this interview? I know. So much more articulate than college. Yeah, geez. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're just bumbling along about something. No, that's great. So, yeah, can you tell us a little more about, about memory? process. That, yeah, or Archie. I was thinking about, well, because you're, you're talking about the that the people have a chance to vote and this yeah. is what they yeah yeah maybe a little bit about the scouting process like what does the voting look like it's a literal vote everybody has a yeah so basically uh sundance is interesting there were 120 films that were premiering and these are brand new films there's no trailers for most of them there's not a lot of information but we aggregated all the information you could find who's the cast who's the crew what's the director you know what's the synopsis and we put it all into a platform and we turned it into a game where you from anywhere in the world could rate and evaluate and tell us two things. First of all, what you liked, which is your opinion, which is just as valid as my opinion. There's no right or wrong. The second one was which one you thought would pr would perform better in the scouting program. What did you think everybody else was going to like more? And that one's interesting because we can grade that, right? Because we've got all the data coming in. And that's what Paul was talking about. At the end of the Film Scout program, we had a leaderboard where depending on how good a job you did rating them, you had a score. And if you were high enough, you got invited. The top 74 people got invited to the Elite Scout program, where now when we need help trying to decide on our next project, we can't necessarily show it you know, to thousands of people, but we can show it to our maybe a couple of our elite scouts, people that have proven that they're good, they do, they can do a good job of predicting what people. Yeah, are it's think. it's much more uh, difficult uh, skill to have to yeah. to say that hey, I like that versus I think all of these people are gonna like. That. It's a very it's like a very diplomatic process. If, if it seems like you know everyone has their voice. Well, it's like one of these things that like you know it's like that jelly bean experiment where if you take a, a jar of jelly beans. And you ask everybody to estimate how many jelly beans are in that, you're gonna get a scattergram of like answers. But where you where you could practically figure out how many jelly beans are in that jar by seeing where the concentration of answers are, right? Without having to take them out and count them. And you know, this is this is the power of a community. And for us it's this it's this virtuous cycle, right? Because when we started this company, one of our promise to our community was that they would have a voice, that we weren't just like here to collect money and then go buy movies or invest in things that Jeff and I, Jeff and I wanted. We want it. We genuinely want. I mean, we're only as good as the projects that I mean, if the community doesn't like our projects then we're not doing this right. And so we want that input and we want the insight, but we're getting it by delivering on our promise. But the whole act of doing it is adding value to the company. Because when we go to Sundance and we've got 45,000 votes on a platform about films that have otherwise no data other than like the actors and directors and who's, you know, what the track records are, that's really valuable information that no one else in Hollywood has. And so it helps us make these decisions. It's got distributors lining up and wanting to kind of work with us. Um, and then when we when we bring a project like this to market, now we're kind of completing the circle because you know this is a film that we all jointly had a a, a, a role in in purchasing. And now we're bringing it to market, so let's go support it and make it a success. And it's totally novel. Like, nobody's ever done this. I, every other company at Sundance, you know, they're making those same decisions. 
but it's just based on one person or a small group of people's yeah. opinion. And we think it's it's really, it's, it's one of the ways that a fan-owned company is inherently better than a traditional Hollywood company. So, so why do you think this hasn't been done before? Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is yeah. nobody's ever, the, the laws that we use to create Legion M are brand new. They, we, we, at 9 a.m. on May 16th, 2016, that's when the law went into effect. We were one of the first companies in the, in the United States to use the Jobs Act, which are the new securities laws. And we saw it as literally a once in a lifetime opportunity. These laws that have been on the books since the 1930s were changing. And we thought this is a disruptive opportunity to do something that's never been done. So I don't know that we can take credit for being the first people to think just do it yeah. of, of a fan-owned entertainment, but we had the good sense to, to, do, to it do it when it you could. The, the yeah. literally the morning it became possible. Yep. You, you know, no hesitation there. That was great. Now, you no, know, it's like you're you're pioneers, and, and I like the fact that you're, you're giving the voice back to, you know, the fans because. Yep. Just come be a pioneer with us. That's what Legion yep. is all about. And that's 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 the that's the best part. I feel. But, on the ground floor. This is it's going to be a wild ride. Literally, I'm on the ground floor here yeah. today. Actually. <laughs> so they're giving us the wrap it up. You have anything else you want to ask? Oh uh, yeah, real quick. Oh, M. What does that M stand for in the Legion? Great question. So the M is our long-term objective. So if you think about it, our goal is to unite one million entertainment fans to co-own the company. The M has borrowed a bar over the M. It's a Roman numeral for one million. So embedded in our logo is our long-term objective of uniting one million entertainment fans and taking over Hollywood. And if you think about that for a minute, so even if everyone invested $100, that would be $100 million to invest in projects that have a million people emotionally and financially invested in them. I can tell you that if we had that today, we would be one of the most influential companies in Hollywood. Now, it turns out the average investor puts more like $500 in. So when we get to that that point, we'll have even more capital to invest and more the community impact behind it is we've seen it in action, even in, at the state that we are today, you know, which is we're growing exponentially, but we're still a far cry from a million. We already have an impact. Studios want to work with us. Filmmakers want to work with us. We're getting offers to take a piece of equity in projects where we don't even need to have any money at risk. And that's the kind of you know value that we want to create. I mean, individually, we're all just fans. But when we unite, we have power. We have power to take over an industry. That's so exciting. Well, speaking of fans, one last, last, last question. <laughs> so what is, like, you know, we're obviously in the realm of the nerddom. Wait, right? say that again. Oh, we're in the realm of like yeah, nerd. Yeah, yeah. What is something you guys nerd out on? What do we nerd out? Yeah. On? What's something like a okay, give I'll a guilty you, pleasure? I, we had a nerd out experience last night, and I like I'm still pinching myself from <laughs> from this dinner that we had last night. We had dinner with John Milius, who is the screenwriter of Apocalypse Now and the screenwriter and director of Conan the Barbarian. Wrote Red Dawn wrote some of the best parts of Jaws. I mean, this we're out to dinner with this guy, and we're also out with the filmmaker, uh, Alex, Alexander, who you guys are talking to. Yeah, we're gonna to talk guy. to him next. And it was just like, for us, that's nerding. Like, I mean, oh my God, we couldn't have been surrounded by people that had more information and insight and impact on the entertainment industry. And it was just, we were just gobbling it up. Yeah. 
I think for me, I, I just nerd out on this. I mean, the Comic-Con community is the greatest community on the planet. It's the most friendly, accepting, creative, fun, and it's just wonderful to be a part of this and to to bring people along for the ride. We're, we're serial entrepreneurs. This is our third startup. This is the first one that we've been able to do where we can bring everybody along. And I got to tell you, it is so rewarding. It's so fun. It's so energizing. And at the end of the day, we think that this, this company has the ability to shape the future of Hollywood. And so it's it's super exciting. Yeah, come, we there's plenty of room in the caddy. So yeah. come yeah, along for the ride. Shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Shotgun. So Gentlemen. I think Legion M is like M is for also movement, right? Because you're moving yes. moving yeah. forward in the We're future. Movement. Yeah, That's we right. think of the, I mean, honestly, we think of the company first and foremost as a community, a movement, and then also a company that we can co-op. Well, we're looking forward to the future, man. I can't wait to see what you guys do next. Of course. Uh, thank you again, uh, guys, for your time. We look forward to everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks thank for having you. us thank on the show. Thank you so much. So that was uh, Jeff Scanlon. Paul, no, I'm sorry. Jeff Anderson. Paul Scanlon. It almost, it almost seems like you didn't just listen to it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Movie magic. Movie magic. Um, so, yeah. That, those two gentlemen were so gracious to give us their time. That was really cool. They gave us uh, insight more to what Legion M was. I found it pretty pretty uh, coincidental because since our topic during the podcast was, it was me wearing a Mario hat, yes. had the M, big M, oh, yeah. I got the, that I was doing the interview with a big old M on my head. You, and I was like, look at that. I'm, 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 I'm with you guys. I'm legit. Yeah, like, I got the advertising. Yeah. Check it out. So, yeah, they, they were so cool about their their passion of like trying to get their projects, they're putting the entertainment back into people's hands. Yeah. It's, it's so a great. super interesting concept. And it seems like the, the stuff that they're doing is, uh, I mean, it's content that, you know, reaches the masses, yeah. like the masses of the community that matter. Yes. Especially to our listeners. Like, Hey, this is pandering to you. Listen up. Do you want this? Do you want this to happen or not? Yeah. We're listening to you. Boom. It's such a great, it's such a great uh, foundation or organization that, are you going to, uh, do you want to be part of the Legion M? Oh, um, I'm putting on the spot right now. Jeff and Paul are listening. Are we, uh, are we signing, uh, keeping in there to this? Boom. Doing it. Oh man, you call my bluff. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah, I think we should. we're just going to put in your credit card number and then we're all good we're, to go. Yeah, we're going to be, uh, scouts, pro scouts. <laughs> are we? Are we going to be pro scouts? That'd be sick. You know what? Maybe we should, uh, I think, uh, Jeff and Paul are, uh, buddies now, so we can go ahead and, uh, we'll ask them. They can see what's up. We'll just go straight to the top. See what it takes. Can we get on that board? Actually, that board of directors seems like it would be good for us. I would like that. So we went from two guys talking about nerd stuff to being press at a convention. Now we're board members. As far as I see, it seems official. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> Woo! I love it. Um, so yeah. So one of the projects, though, what what they are talking about, or what's coming up uh, soon, actually in October, is uh, directed. Uh, it was a project by a director Alexander Philippe. Yes. Uh, Origin: The Memory of Alien. Right. Do we remember Alien as growing up as a kid? I do. The chestburster scene is obviously like one of those images from childhood that's just imprinted in your brain. I mean, uh, oh, it's right on your shirt, actually. Yeah. I was just going to say, actually, Spaceballs. I may have seen that scene in Spaceballs before I saw it in Alien. To oh. Be honest. <laughs> because, I mean, I think Alien, in terms of cultural relevance, probably came out just a tad before I would have been watching movies like that. So, uh, whereas Spaceballs comes out in, what, 85? 80, 85, 86? 86? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and that you know i'm like seven years old or something it's like and plus it's silly the silly humor and everything yeah Yeah. so the uh the chest burster oh Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> the WB like, Frog type. Yes, yeah, yeah. 100%. That was a, I thought it was both, you know, disgusting and hilarious. And then, uh, yeah, then a little later I figure out that it's, or have it brought to my attention. That's like, no, that's not, that was from something else. That from this was from this other movie. From this terrifying. Oh God. In space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. they, I'll tell you who can hear me scream is in the room is everyone. Because I'm just over here like, oh my God. Ah! Oh God! No. How old were you when you saw Alien? Not as traumatic when I saw Freddy for the first time, oh, which we yeah. talked about in uh, the we Halloween did. episode. Yes, um, I was already—I believe I was already like after Aliens. So I saw Aliens first, okay, and then I had to which realize like, going, oh, it's totally. a yeah, it's a sequel to right. Alien. I'm like, oh shoot! Let me watch that. And then so it was like probably like nine, like nine. So you were super square. So you were—I mean, you were super scared. So you were like twenty-two, twenty-three. Of course. Yeah. What have we said? I'm a very sensitive lad here. <laughs> I get your uh, I'm a sensitive lad t-shirt on uh, T-Public. Anyway, <laughs> That's right. Rebable. Yeah. yeah um, so yeah, we got to, you know, I know we keep on talking about this, but that's another person we got to interview. And let's go ahead and jump into that interview with Alexander Philippe and his passion project, Origin, The Memory of Alien. Here we go. All right, everyone. Uh, Vince and Jeremiah back here on the Silicon Valley Comic Con floor of 2019. Uh, we are joined here by the director of Memory, The Origin of Alien, uh, Alexander Philippe. Um, Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Thank you. Hello. How was your uh, Comic-Con experience so far? Uh, it's been great. You know, I mean, my first time here at uh, Silicon Valley Comic-Con and uh, yesterday was pretty mellow. Today is quite busy and uh, it's wonderful to see, uh, you know, to see fans everywhere. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your project here. You guys, you have quite the presence as well. We were just interviewing with the Legion M guys and they have their car set up and and you got the alien here. Like, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, I mean, you know, the film's coming out pretty soon now. Uh, obviously, we premiered at Sundance, and uh, you know, I've been touring the world with the film since pretty much since January. You know, in fact, just flew back from Australia two days ago, and um, yeah, it's coming out. Uh, I believe it's early October. They, few- they just told us they haven't announced it yet. They have but- not. Okay, so I think it's <laughs> right around then. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you know, we're gonna have uh, theatrical release. We're gonna have, of course. VOD, Blu-ray, you know, the whole, the whole deal. Uh, so the film is, uh, as the, the title implies, it's an origin story. Uh, but it's actually a film that really goes into the ancient mythological sort of origins of, of aliens. So it goes all the way back to Greek and Egyptian mythologies. Uh, there's a, a huge focus on Dan O'Bannon, uh, who I believe is the sort of forgotten hero uh, of, of Alien. Uh, and then, of course, H.R. Giger and Ridley Scott. So, yeah. It's amazing. The the trailer is uh, we, we saw the trailer online and the trailers leaves a, a lot to the imagination. There is that the similar to the tone of the film that we're going to see. Well, it's a it's a very cinematic uh, film. You know, I mean, I. I I almost hesitate to use the, the, the term documentary for the films that I make. I mean, I really, uh, you know, view them as films about film, you know. And so, uh, I mean, I think anytime you're going to make a film about Alien, it should be cinematic. So, so it is very much a, uh, you know, it's a deep dive into Alien, but it's also a, a cinematic experience. It's a sound experience, uh, and it's pretty dark and creepy, yeah. as it should be. <laughs> do you remember? Agreed. Do you remember the first time you watched it? The, that movie? Yeah, I mean, I was actually uh, I waited a few years to watch it, uh, and I watched it on VHS for the first time. Uh, People don't know what that is. Uh, that's, like an an- <laughs> that's as ancient it's as a like format. The- it's an ancient format. <laughs> <laughs> 
So when you when you watch it for the first time, is that what basically intrigued you even more to like, okay, I like this is something I can get really behind into, want to know more about, and you know. Well, you know, when I, when I was uh, when I was a kid, I was I was uh, definitely sort of already kind of deconstructing movies, you know, like really interested in watching a film over and over and over again and try and see, you know, just find stuff in it, you know. Of course, now I do it professionally on a, on a different level, I would like to think, than when I was a kid. But, uh, you know, back then I certainly had no idea that I would one day become a filmmaker, um, you know, so it was just for fun. Uh, but, but certainly the films that I tend to explore now as a filmmaker are films that, that have had an impact on me when I was a kid, when I was a kid. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you about because you have a, a very, not only a very specific style in terms of having very cinematic, um, films, you know, films about films, but also your content. I mean, Psycho, Star Wars, uh, Alien now, um, what other, what other influences from, from your youth would you like to attack? Well, I mean, I, I believe it or not, I have another film coming out next month as well. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's premiering at uh, the Venice Film Festival. It's um, it's called Leap of Faith, and it's about The Exorcist. Oh. Uh, and it only has William Friedkin in it. So it's a deep dive into Friedkin's mind's eye, uh, and it's a completely unique take on The Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how much more unique you can get with The Exorcist. Even, hearing that right now even makes my skin kind of crawl, because that, <laughs> that movie was like one of those ones yeah. where it made you go, Ooh, I I don't know if I can watch this ever again. Uh, it's and intense. It's intense, but it's it's such a it's such a an extraordinary film. I mean, it's it's. I think what's so marvelous about it is that it doesn't matter whether you know you 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 have a faith or whether you're atheist or, or agnostic. It will it will resonate with you. On It'll some affect level. you. In it some will way. affect you. There's no question about it. Trump, yeah. tra- uh, you know, traumatic. Would you say? <laughs> Traumatic. I mean, well, I mean, I'm more, yeah. I'm more of the sensitive one out of us two here. He's so a little bit of a sensitive I, lad. When you, when you said psycho, no, no, I, I, I hear you. I mean, it's a, it's a traumatic movie for sure. I mean, speaking of traumatic, I'm looking at the poster here with the alien just busting out of the chest. Talk, right. talk about something that's like iconic in film history, where you know gets spoofed in other movies or at least mentioned. And I think the, your, your, your film is actually you know surrounds uh, that whole, that whole scene as well. Yeah, I mean, initially it was going to be very specifically a film about the chestburster, and then I realized that you know you can't really analyze the chestburster scene in the same way that you can the, the psycho shower scene. They're very different scenes, uh, but but still, I think everything in memory in the film leads up to the chestburster, and you know I sort of build up that tension so that there is this expectation that eventually we're going to get to the chestburster. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's one of those very rare scenes in cinema that that had a profound effect on culture. I mean, on, on that level, it's very similar to the psycho shower scene. Uh, it just, you know, people had never seen anything like it. Exactly, and it just leaves that impression where you're yeah. you're like forever. You'll be. Oh, listen, I don't want to say traumatized once again, but I'm saying it just like embeds itself, and you could just by memory you're going, yes, I get it, like. Memory, the origins of Alien. Ah, I get it. That's why. Is that why? Because that, <laughs> that's my biggest memory from that film, from when I was a child. You know. 
Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the reason the reason why it's called Memory, I should say, for those you know, who don't please. know, is is that so before Alien was called Alien, it was called Starbeast. But before it was called Starbeast, it was called Memory. The very, very first version that Dan O'Bannon wrote, which was only about 30 pages because he essentially got writer's block, uh, it's it's called Memory. It's a 30-page script, and that's the very first draft uh, from 1971. Wow. Uh, so eight years before Alien became Alien, it was called Memory. I, and then Starbeast. And then Starbeast. I think he made a right choice by changing to Work Alien. Work it through. <laughs> Although memory is a pretty cool title, Me- you know. Memory is memory is a cool title. Starbeast, I'm less excited about. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not yeah. clamoring to go to the theater. Like, let's go watch Starbeast. Yeah, right. Starbeast, you know, would have been a great B movie, though. Yeah. I was thinking, did you ever yeah. consider Starbeast for you? <laughs> no, no, I don't think. Yeah, you made the better choice. Yeah, though, so. exactly. And uh, with along with Alien, it did spawn like a franchise uh, sequels and then even other prequels. Uh, like, how do you feel about like those those other films as well? I mean, you know, I uh, I love Aliens. I think it's a great movie. It's a, it's a great genre film. It's completely different, you know, and you have to sort of look at them on different terms. Um, I like uh, Alien 3 or Alien Cubed, as some people would call it, uh, <laughs> better than, than most people. I think it's, I mean, obviously it's a movie that went through all kinds of issues in the screenwriting process. and uh, But I think, quite frankly, is is not... It, it, it's, it holds up, you know. Uh, after that, I struggle. I, I really struggle with uh, <laughs> with uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet and, and his, you know, to me, his tone of filmmaking doesn't jive at all with the Alien, uh, you know, universe. But that's me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very interested, obviously, in what Ridley is doing. Um, am I a fan of the, the new the Prometheus and Covenant? Not really. But uh, they're, you know, look, I mean, he's certainly earned the right to, to make those films. And, I mean, he's still uh, one of the greatest filmmakers of, of our time. So, I, uh, you know, go Ridley. You this know? is, we could almost trade out the name Ridley Scott for George Lucas in this conversation. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. So. I, oh, I don't, come on. You're being, come on. The, the, I don't know. I've, if you've heard the phrase, the only thing that can ruin Star Wars is a Star Wars fan. And that's sort of how I see myself. <laughs> Sometimes, as some, I, but I, I have to ask then. So you, you're feeling sort of, you're maybe okay with George on this side, even after making something. No, no I'm more okay with Ridley, though. Okay, I, okay no, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, I didn't no, mean no, no, to. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, um, I mean, you know, you look at Prometheus and look at Covenant. I mean, they're, you know, sure. I, I, I don't like, for instance, that he took the mystery away from the space jockey and now gave us the engineer. That, I, I don't care for that kind of stuff. To me, okay. to me, the, the original Alien is about um, the, the, the fear of the unknown. And so the more remains unknown, the more terrifying it gets. And so, uh, you know what I mean? So on that level, I don't really appreciate those films, but they're still extremely well-executed movies. Uh, you look at the prequel trilogy... Uh, it's a different story. I think it's those movies, and look, the Red Letter Media guys uh, made that case, so I'm not going to make it again. Sure. But it fails on so many levels yes. of, of just basic screenwriting and, and, and filmmaking 
that that's a very different story. I would not put George Lucas and Ridley Scott in the same in the same boat. Here. How dare you, sir? I didn't mean to be so controversial. I'm just hearing parallels. That's all. No, no, that's okay. We're at a con. We can be controversial. That's uh, okay, right. There yes. we go. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, so uh, memories coming out, looking yep. like sometime October, and then uh, I'm sorry. What was the title of your your next upcoming? Uh, it's called Leap of Faith. Leap of Faith. And yes. we should be on the lookout for that. What's on the horizon? Are there any other uh, subjects that you're just uh, that you've been wanting to work uh, on? Uh, about a vacation on the horizon. You're well earned. That sounds good. Uh, you know, and then actually, well, we shot a short film with Legion M uh, on those high school uh, kids who did the Alien the States play. Oh yeah. Uh, in New Jersey, so uh, we're gonna have a short coming out uh, on on that. Uh, there's all kinds of other projects, but uh, yeah, I quite frankly I have two films coming out this year. I I need a bit of a break. Yeah, after being that prolific, yeah. I think you've earned it probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. I mean. You don't, want, you don't you don't you don't want to get uh, you don't want to hit a hit a wall all of a sudden you go no I just need to kind of like assess decompress and get back exactly. right into it. yeah recharge that's, that's great recharge, um, yeah. so is there anything out here on the at the, at the convention that you're excited to like maybe uh, poke around and go see well you know I'm I'm uh, gonna go up on the floor I've I haven't had a chance to do that uh, yesterday I want to see how it how it compares with San Diego of course you know I go, I go to San Diego every year I'm smaller sure a lot smaller but but I love that you know San Diego yeah. is so intense uh, yeah. you know I, I feel like you can interact with people better here you know people actually look at each other <laughs> you know smile at each other talk to each other uh, which is impossible to do in San Diego you know so San Diego is like a big machine you're just being churned through machine. I mean I love it and I like I said I go every year but it's uh, it's it just takes so much out of you you know yeah we, so, we uh, just went we just came recently and uh, the same thing uh, it was his first time uh, as a first timer like what would you say what you have said like what he should have done to prepare Oh, I don't think anything can prepare you for San Diego Comic Con. You're probably right. Like the, <laughs> the answer that we get most often is like plan ahead of time. Like, well, too late for that. Yeah, but Sunscreen but and water. What though? Yeah. Like, and even though you could plan ahead of time, and then everything will go out the window the moment True. you walk in. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, yeah. There's nothing that can prepare you. So, uh, well, we have one question we like to ask everyone when we interview them. Like our inter our podcast is called Keeping It Nerd. We're all a part of this sort of nerd sort of culture, and you obviously you I'm get a nerd. well sure. And you get the opportunity to like live out your nerd dumb and, yeah. and and make it your your life's work. Sure. Do you have any sort of guilty pleasure nerd thing? Something you get really excited about, but that may not fall in line with with this stuff. Uh, Katy Perry music or something. Oh, I, I don't know why I said that. Maybe because well, that's okay. me. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it would be considered a guilty pleasure today. I love Lady Gaga. Oh, there you for go. Sure. Uh, I don't you know, think that's controversial. Love, She's so I popular. Love, um, uh, I love cheesy 80s horror. Thank you. Yes. You know? So good. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I yes! love it. Uh, gosh. Um, Killer Clowns is one of my favorites. Killer Clowns is great. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. Uh, of course, I've got a lot of a lot of titles that I can't I can't think of, of course. right now. No, no, no. That's, that's the way it works. In the, in the moment <laughs> but that's one of the best off, ones. Yeah. The one the moment you turn this off. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. Um, well, you know, we, we're going to wrap this up here and we do appreciate every all the time that you gave us today no, to pleasure, speak about your pleasure. passion, your project. That's going to be coming out October-ish. 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 We can't really say. Um, <laughs> any yeah. other, any words that you want to say to our listeners about, about your project, about like, come see it. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to turn your world upside down. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think, 
like uh, alien fans, obviously, right? Hardcore. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a, a newbie or or a hardcore alien fan. I mean, I think you're gonna get some new stuff out of it. But it's it's also really a reflection on on cinema and on and on how we as audiences interact with film and how film can become truly meaningful. Uh, so so if you're a cinephile, you're gonna love it. If you're an alien fan, you're gonna love it. But also if you've never watched Alien before. Uh, I guarantee you it's going to do one thing. It's going to make you want to go watch Alien. Well, you see that so. chest burst scene. I was like, okay, I need to see everything that led up to that and everything after that too because that's just one of those like, ah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much again, Alexander. Thank you, guys. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. So that was us, Jeremiah, Vince, hitting the convention floor, talking to celebrities. It was a cool setup too. We didn't really talk about what the uh, the logistics of these interviews were. Like, obviously, like really engaging, really passionate people, really talented people. Super interesting interviews, at least for us. Hopefully, you guys think so as well. But even just for us with the experience, this wasn't some like sit at the desk and 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 sort of in a closet somewhere. I mean, we were right on in the entryway. Yes, that once again that felt so great. Prime location. Yeah, we had people stopping, and once again they were stopping. Say, wait. Is that keeping a nerd? Yeah. Oh shit, it is. Like, guys, please, like, uh, don't crowd us. We'll we'll get to you guys after the interview with these important gentlemen. Uh, we'll sign autographs. We'll take pictures. You know, next year we're gonna have a booth. Are we? Oh yeah, and we're not gonna charge no four hundred and fifty dollars. We're charging seven fifty. I heard. Well, you know. <laughs> For the pair. For the pair. Good that is a great deal. Think about that. Come on. It's a value. The guys from keeping a nerd. Autographs. Pictures? You don't, you're the sensitive lad? Oh, yeah. come on. If the people who had paid to see Schwarzenegger had instead listened to us interview the gentleman from Legion M, they may be influencing Hollywood today. If we were to have the opportunity to uh, interview Mr. Schwarzenegger, what's the question you would ask him? Um, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. There's I know so I put you many. on the spot, but I mean, go get, just get any one of them. Okay. Um, like, uh, like, dude, that, like the maid? <laughs> that's not a, I don't think that's a question. That's a, that's a question. A oh, question yeah, 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 yeah. The maid? <laughs> is that fair? Is that a, it is. an appropriate it's, no, it's question? Not, not, I'm pretty sure he would just do better. Yeah. Do better with your questions. This man is surviving drop kicks at 70. I, I'm not going to piss him off with that yeah, question. I'm not gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would add, probably, my question would what be. What would your question? Do you have a legitimate question? Three, four fifty for an autograph <laughs> that you can't, that you won't personalize. That's also what stopped me. Uh, obviously, be, where, besides Rana slapping my hand out of my wallet, <laughs> but he wouldn't personalize like autographs. Like a lot of, I had like Jim coming, so obviously he's on a smaller scale. He did the voice for me, Darkwing Duck, and then he even you know he wrote he personalized it by having like I am the terror that flaps in the night, whatever on my oh, pop, right? Cool. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So if I was gonna have Arnold Schwarzenegger, right, I was gonna have him sign a lunchbox, and it was gonna be obscure, but I was gonna have and this is you know all credit goes to Rana for this one. Are these all your lunches? From Kindergarten Cop. I'm pretty sure he'd be pissed off that I brought up that movie, but he'd be like going, hey, guy, like, I, that was a great movie. I want you I want you to sign it. I sign yeah. it like that. Okay, I have a new question. Mm. <clears throat> Is it true that boys have penis, girls have vagina? Ooh, see? That would be a good question for him. <laughs> and then he'd be like, oh, <laughs> I think you should talk to your father. What does your daddy do? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what your father does. Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or you ask him, is it a tumor or not? Yeah, you exactly. gotta tell me. It's, it's like, not a tumor. Hey, for real though, so, uh, it's a tumor, right? 
You and me, between you and me. Like it must be because of the decisions the you make in your books. life. It must be. A <laughs> Kid, bro, seriously. Lou Ferrigno was there and he was, he, yeah, he's he looking good. He looked good and he was messing with Arnold and on Instagram I saw him. He was, oh, was he? And uh, once again, Arnold looked like he was kind of disinterested. He goes, hi, Lou. <laughs> and Lou, Lou Ferrigno's going, oh, you, you, you hate when I'm fucking with you, right? Huh? You, don't, you don't like it. And he's like squeezing his shoulders, but you're always doing this to me. <laughs> and I was just thinking about that Who'd whole. Who went in a fight? Mm-hmm. I'm taking Lou, to be honest. I've looked into Schwarzenegger's eyes. Oh, that's right. From across a pastry case. And the fact that when he not, was not impressed, he was scared when you asked him about going to the back office and he, he cowardly ran away. Yes, he did. Back he into his, uh, <laughs> into his suburban. Yes, he absolutely did. Arnold, uh, this is all jo- funny jokes. Okay. Please don't come in, come after a second Terminator style. Um, but yeah, so that was our Silicon Valley comic con experience. Jeremiah, this is your second convention that you went to. How did it rate to, uh, you know, kind of like obviously trying to, you know, putting it on the scale that it is at, like, do you think there are some, some things that were glaring out that maybe were not all there or like there were things that worked and didn't work actually for you in this convention? Well, this was an interesting one because coming off of San Diego, which is the, uh, the WrestleMania of, uh, of comic cons, uh, and you went to buy here cons. Yeah, exactly. Always. That's what we got to do. We got to lay it in thick here. Uh, it's obviously a major step down to, um, to sort of like the Newark Pavilion. Have you ever seen when they have the wrestling shows at Newark Pavilion? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see that, like, oh, Brett the Hitman Hart is going to be there. And then, uh, <laughs> and Virgil. And, uh, I guess one Virgil's out. Yeah, and one of the doinks. And, you know. Did and, you get one of the Bushwhackers or both? Yeah, well, it depends on if they both make it. They, they were both supposed to come, but only one made it. You might have Scott Hall stumbling around drunk in the ring, mm, you know, like the E60 poor, thing. Poor guy. Uh, so anyway, so you're the, the difference there is glaring where you have the, you know, the big stars, the full production, the just grandeur of it all. And then this is like, uh, yeah, not not on just not on the same level. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Certainly not bad, but just not on the same level. Well, you say, how could they improve it to that level? Then what do you think they could do to elevate their stature to like going? All right. You're legit. Like you're you're coming to play. You're 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 trying to get out of the the minors. You're trying to like get into the big boys. I think the biggest thing um, in terms of feel, well, uh, scope and size is 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 one. You yeah. know, it's small yeah. and growing. Um, but the presence of the like production companies and whatnot is just not there. So the the con floor is really comprised of you know retailers as yeah. opposed to you know. Here's Funko, and here's all the stuff they're offering. Here's, here's Hasbro. Tell, yeah. Here's Hasbro, and here are the things that's going to be coming this year. Yeah. Sneak preview. It's the convention floor is a lot of here's the stuff I bought that's jacked up in price. You know you want it. And it, it just wasn't as interesting from that perspective. And then when you look at the ancillary items, not nearly as many panels, the panels that we attended. I don't know that the vetting maybe is happening to ensure that the content is is worthy of people that are paying fifty plus dollars a day to go. Um, it just didn't feel like there was as, as much to do. Did I felt that for rude? one day. You, we were you you mentioned the panel. Did you feel rude walking out of that panel? <laughs> we walked out of two panels. The second one was more. I think as the day was long for us, we were tired already. <laughs> maybe if we had the proper Mimi's time. Yeah, maybe. I, maybe I'm thinking more of that first one. <sighs> 
God. Yeah, the first. Yeah, we watched a panel about uh, you know, retro video games, and it, honestly, to me, without you know, no shade, I'm not going to say who who was no. heading of this panel up, but it felt like somebody's PowerPoint presentation uh, because they were assigned a project in high school. Like, what's your favorite hobby? And then give a 10 minute presentation on it. It reminded me when Michael Scott had to deliver a report about his branch. <laughs> and instead of giving him factual numbers, he makes a video of his branch. Yes. And right at the end, great Scott. Great Scott. That's what I saw when I, when this person was, uh, you know, putting on, God bless him for attempting it. Of which course. Is great. It, it, it's not easy. I'm it's sure, not easy. Yeah. I'm sure. But I feel like he was not as prepared and organized and it makes you wonder like, yeah, where, do, where does Silicon Valley comic con like vet their, their content that they're going to be putting out there? Because obviously they had big name people, obviously the the guests of course, right, that were there. And then Schwarzenegger, yet, Momoa, us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course. And then yet obviously a big NASA presence. Oh, huge NASA presence. Which, which is nice. Is, it actually kind of sets this one apart is that, but that also maybe comes to the detriment of the entertainment part of it because a lot of their resources are put into science and technology science and technology yeah so it sort of sets this con apart i'm sure for some and makes it a destination which is pretty cool I, which you, I, i'm not saying it's bad but yeah. it could be part of the reason why the other aspects of the con are lacking yeah i think they're trying to across the board like cover things like it's okay yeah we we also do not we're not just a convention of entertainment uh we're a convention of uh you know like science and technology because you're in silicon valley right you you, you you gotta be like, hey, we've got this in our back in our back pocket. Like this is gonna be our niche in the convention circuit as well. Like going, we don't just do comics, toys, and you know movies and whatever. Like no, we we'll tell you about the newest things out there. But even then, it, I didn't see that much. That's the thing. So if that's the niche they're going for, I didn't see a presence from any of the major gaming companies. Although there was a gaming area near our um, podcast Palooza stage. Yeah. But it doesn't, I mean, it didn't seem to be driving like some new innovative game that was coming out. It was like a bunch of systems set up and you could play Soul Calibur with your friends. Like, okay. Um, where was Apple? Where mm -hmm. was yeah. Google? Where was, you know, any social media platforms? Like, where were the, the things yeah, that were Twitter? Engaged? Where's yeah, Facebook? Yeah. You know, anything would be nice. You know, any kind of that kind of a presence would be cool. Yeah. And once you have so many startups in, that are in Silicon Valley, you think 100%. maybe they'd want to come to this and be like, hey, by the way, um, check this out. Uh, they ha you know, we have space. Like, yeah. could could we not have had a, uh, you know, a startup corner or something where people are telling you about what their new companies are doing? Kind of cool, you know? We did see one guy with a uh, an iPad with some sort of uh, triangle sitting atop it, so, and he was watching it, so it looked like a hologram projection. That was kind of cool. The Cloud Chaser? Because that's what it was. He was just trying to show off when he's got this new fancy... Item. I don't know that that's new. At first, I was like, what is happening? Is he projecting? Is this the future? Where do you check that out? I'm like, oh, no, this is just a thing you get on Amazon, probably, or wish.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Waz, come talk to us. Um, talk to convention goers. Don't just talk to us. Um, maybe you should uh, go back to the drawing board. Maybe re... Because it was also hard because D23 was around the good around oh, the same time. Gosh, yes. We just came back from Comic-Con. So you sandwich that in between two kind of conven big conventions. It's harder for people to kind of like, all right, I'm going to spend my money here, here, here. Like, there are so many other other things. I think maybe you should go back to the drawing board, pick a, a good date for them to actually hold this convention. Mm -hmm. um, then really, really invest about logistics, of their vendors staff 
um, yeah, staff would be great. And yeah, you know what? Oh, and you can't forget the number one thing. You got to bring back keeping a nerd because that's what people are clamoring for. You know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. We would be glad. We will offer our services, of course. Gratis. To take the main stage, of, of course. course. Gratis, you know, of course. You know, um, so we have, you know, that was our comic. Send Silicon. San Diego. No, Silicon. Wow. Can't even say it. This wow, is you got so through silly. the intro and you were the one taking it. Stumb- stumbling here out of the gates here. So, yeah, that was our Silicon Valley comic-con 2019 experience i'm looking forward to seeing how it how it uh changes and yeah i'm, I'm obviously going to come back to it it's, it, it it's our hometown like, yeah we gave a lot of negativity here which is sort of as per usual but i still love us, it it feels it, like but i you know that's what we do when you love something that's what you do you're yeah. artist on it you know and i i did love it and i really loved my time there and podcast blues it was great the interviews are great um I just like to see it be, you know, it's yeah. Home, yeah, it's a hometown con. Like to see it be bigger and better. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. That's if anything, that's just the disappointment of like going, Hey, it's like you're representing conventions, like an us in the Bay area. Like let's, let's pump this thing up. Let's yeah. do this. So yeah, I'm going back 2020. We're going to, and we'll be there. Oh yeah. We'll be there with our press badges, our booths and everything like that. So Jeremiah, uh, in the meantime, before people could find where this, where we'll be at before keeping a nerd, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, xjdempseyx on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Oh, and Witsy, I am on Twitter and Instagram. Vmastaho09 on Instagram. Vinsanity09 on Twitter. Eh, never to use. But guess what? You can find both of us on the Keeping It Nerd social medias, Instagram and Twitter. Keeping It Nerd, all one word. All one word, Keeping It Nerd. Just hit the little at sign, but Keeping It Nerd. And then also populate. Yeah. Um... Guys, follow us. We want to get that verified check. That'd be cool. Let's do it. Yes. Let's, let's get the be. movement going on. Rate, like, subscribe, feedback, oh. all the above. It helps. Yeah. Send us uh, emails at keepingitnerdpodcast at gmail.com. People, don't forget, uh, this week, coming next week, two weeks, whatever, that Rick and Morty print from uh, Comic-Con is still going up. This is no jive. I showed it to you You've guys a couple weeks ago. I have been promising it. Um, i just been... Backed up with a lot of projects in here and there, but I'm backed up, you know, maybe it's some actual action. No one be backed up anymore. So, um, <laughs> everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, we'll see you again next time. Keep it real. Keep it nerd. Peace. Bye.